0: In this episode, we'll continue our series on effective presentations. We'll share our top 10 common mistakes people make while presenting and how you can avoid them and give you a better chance of people receiving your message. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, curious individuals. I say that as always with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. In this episode, I've got the pleasure of once again talking to Julian Mills, our expert program's senior delivery manager, about effective presentations. Welcome back to Breakpoint, Julian. How are you today? Very excited and honored to be
1: back, actually, Chuck. Thank you. And busy, very busy as we all are, of course. But in fact, uh, uh, this week I've kicked off the CMA program for EMEA. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big, it's a heavy lift. We've got two weeks of sessions to get our new aspiring CMAs up and ready for the next six months that the program is actually going to be running for. So yeah, pretty hectic at the moment.
0: Okay, Julian, I'm going to pause right there. You have to explain to the listener what CMA is. Absolutely, Chuck. The CMA is the Certified
1: Master Architect. It's the pinnacle certification that ServiceNow offers, and it's open to our partners, our customers, our uh, our own internal people, and it helps them develop and get to a stage where they feel comfortable in providing trusted advice and guidance to very senior people at, uh, at our customers. So it is, uh, it is pretty intensive, six months worth of training with a board review at the end as an exam. So it's, it's a significant stepping stone in somebody's career and a significant training as well.
0: I love it because it's more than just the technical. In fact, it's way more than the technical. I don't even think you focus on the technical so much. It's, it's beyond that. It's what does it take to be that architect, like you said, that trusted advisor, which is what we're bringing a little bit of today on this episode. But before we jump into that, uh, you did a great introduction last time. What do you say we do a quick recap for those just joining us?
1: Absolutely, Chuck. Yeah, no no worries. So although I spent most of my professional years as a project or engagement manager, the last few years I've turned to enablement delivery, coaching, and training. I've been with ServiceNow for about eight and a half years now, and having every moment of it is the dull moment. I'm currently working in the training and certification team delivering the Certified Master Architect Program, so our flagship certification, as I said earlier. On a personal level, I'm currently living in the UK, although I've spent most of my life in Australia, um, despite growing up in Spain for my first 17 years. So I don't like to keep in the same continent for very long, um, so I do move around a, lo- a little bit. And that includes our three daughters, two cats and one dog, and of course, my lovely wife, who keeps me grounded.
0: <laughs> Wonderfully well-rounded. Uh, I'm I'm so glad we have a chance to get to this topic today, Julian. Uh, You've seen your share of great presentations and perhaps some real clunkers in your days, I'm sure. Let's talk about some of your favorite, and and I say that with tongue firmly planted in cheek kind of humor, some of your favorite behaviors.
1: How much time did you say we had here? (laughs) Okay, Okay. Let's, let's start with something that we've all seen. I'm sure. And that is starting a presentation in edit mode. And you know oh, what I mean, right? Got- you,
0: are, you are just poking the open wounds these days. <laughs> I've seen this way too much. I, I think it's every second or third Zoom I jump. I was like, could you put that in present mode, please? It is a big bug. I'm just going right? to get a t-shirt with that on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, though, apart from it being... Particularly unprofessional. It, it lets the audience see your your notes as well, and it sees the rest of the deck. You know, depending on how ma- magnified it is, but it, it is it is very poor start to a presentation. And it, it might be an easy way to jump through slides. You know, maybe that's the reason you've you've done it that way. But if that's the case, it simply shows that you haven't prepared properly, that you don't know your presentation tool, because there's ways of getting from one slide to another if they're not sequenced. Um, through your presentation tool. So it really does show a lack of preparation in this case. It might be just laziness, in which case, why bother with a presentation? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Um, And it might be simply forgetfulness, but it goes to, you know, the the point that will come up several times throughout today, which is you haven't really prepared appropriately and you don't have a checklist, basically, that tells you and gives you an indication of what things you have to have in place, including full screen, um as as you start your presentation
0: so i think being prepared is key to this i will give one pass to doing this and that is if your meeting is about editing those slides it's like hey let's all jump on a zoom and ideate together so that we can build this deck or review this deck then it makes sense because you will be jotting down notes you will be moving icons around etc etc but if you are presenting put it in that present mode. First of all, it makes it more readable. If you think about it, even if Zoom or whatever is full screen, and then you have this inset, because you may have the viewers on the top, the uh, attendees on the top, the attendees on the left or right or however you arrange the the cameras, mm-hmm. and then you've got an inset for that that presentation. And then you've got an inset for the full screen being shared. And then you've got an inset for the the PowerPoint, and then your slide is in there somewhere. You know, you're talking a postage stamp at this point. I can't read that. Use the screen real estate to your advantage. And, unless if unless if you're on a, a mobile phone, a mobile device, right? Or <laughs> well, a, then it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets into the next one that I'm glad, because this, this isn't all about PowerPoint and what you can do better for PowerPoint. This is just presentation mistakes that we've made. Consider everyday demo every screenshot that you're doing is being viewed on a mobile device what's our next one that the mobile users just grind their teeth when they see
1: well to your point you know we 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 do demos all the time right mm-hmm. we know the platform we're very comfortable with it and we want to Expound its virtues to anybody that uh, has five seconds to to spare to listen to us. <laughs> so, demo demonstrations is an interesting one, and, and the one we we think we can do well because we are so adept and, adept and we we like the platform. We're we're an expert in the platform, but that doesn't mean that we're an expert in demonstrating or demoing the platform. And again, it just depends on um, on preparation, right? So we we need to understand the audience and what we need to be demoing for that audience. And that Mm -hmm. might give us a bit of a a clue as to how we should demo. So, you know, whether we should scroll into a specific area because, or zoom into a specific Mm -hmm. area because that's what we're trying to demonstrate, or if it's just more of a generic look and feel, maybe we zoom out. So it's really focusing on what the message is, what the, who the audience is Um, and what it is that you're trying to impart through that demo.
0: And those that have watched Live Coding Happy Hour, Creator Toolbox, sometimes even Tech Now, will hear these words out of my mouth too many times. Could you make the font size larger, please? It, It is so easy, especially, I'm looking at you, or I'm talking to you, since this is an audio podcast, I'm talking to you people with the Thirty-six inch wide ultra HD screens that love to have fifteen windows on there, and your font is so small. It's great if you're in front of that monitor; you can see lots of things. But when you project that through a zoom or through a, 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 a broadcast software, it's it's illegible on the other side. So make that font bigger so big until the point where the labels start to wrap up to the top of the fields if you know what i mean in service now that's the point where you want to dial it down or you know if the screen doesn't render quite right like where's my create button it's not even on the screen anymore you might have the font a little large at that point but i love that zooming feature that's something i do for mac users i encourage you to get or use a trackpad because you can pinch and zoom on your web browser, place the cursor somewhere, and then do that. The you know, same motion you do for pictures is zoom out and it will zoom right in there. You could draw the viewer's attention to that field, to that uh, menu option, whatever it is. It is so useful. I don't know if there's a Windows equivalent, but I'm sure there's got to be. And it's built right into the operating system. So again, consider your audience watching those mobile devices. If you want them to see you know what you're typing. Uh, go to the navigation filter and type in REST API Explorer. Like, uh, I didn't quite hear what he said, but if they can see it, it will make a stickier impression. Okay, exactly. I get exactly. a little, I get a little uh, excited about some of these. Passionate might be a better word. <laughs> oh yes,
1: because we felt the pain, right? We felt the pain. <laughs> okay. Know what it's like. No, I was just going to say there was another little tip that uh, I, I think a lot of people don't know about, and in, and talking about these fifty four inch monitors that we we currently have that wrap around our head t- typically <laughs> um, there is a feature in, in zoom where you can share a portion of the screen good point so you can just you can just um, map that out and just have that portion of the screen being shared not the whole entire 50
0: the trick to knowing that Boy, we are. We could make this a two-parter. The trick to doing that is remembering that I only shared this Word document. If you click a link in that Word document, it opens up a browser. No one's going to see it, and you will uh, inevitably. I see people start talking about what's on the browser screen, but it takes a minute or two for people to say, "You're not sharing that window." Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But it's all about preparing and practicing, which, in fact, is going to be something else we were going to be talking <gasps> about today.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Us talk about preparing and practicing? <laughs> Never. Okay. One of my killer pet peeves, the, the, the next one, is when you're presenting in person, and we will have a chance to present in person someday again. So be ready for this one, and I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, that's when you're presenting and and turning your back to the audience or or just facing the screen what can we do about that julian
1: yeah i mean it's a bit of a turn off isn't it when the when the presenter has his uh, his back towards you or her back towards you i think it's it's a sign of a, a newbie and it, it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of practice and a lot of uh, self discipline to turn yourself so that you are facing the, the audience. It is, you know, it's a self, it's a defensive mechanism to turn back because then you don't have all these eyes. You're <laughs> right. You're right.
0: Because the, the, the presentation is your friend. It's familiar and the audience is, is scary. In, in, indeed. Right. And I, it's just, it's just practice and self-discipline really.
1: It's, it's focusing on the fact that, you know, you're the one p- delivering the message, not your back. So you are verbally delivering that message. You should be talking to the audience, and so therefore you should be facing them. Um, you know, we talked about, I think, in the previous uh, episode about perhaps talking at a 45-degree angle to your to your um, screen, mm-hmm. uh, and that's fine. So n- not all of your front is, is directly facing the audience, but certainly most of your front should be facing the audience.
0: Right. And uh, if... I think my best trick for avoiding this is a podium or a table or something where your laptop is facing you. You can just glance down, get your next idea and talk about it to the audience. Uh, A confidence monitor. You, You may have seen these at very large conferences, but it's simply a monitor that's in front of the stage, usually down below. You'll see the presenter glance down, get their next note. They'd never turn their back to the The audience uh if you are in a conference room or something and and space is a little limited like julian said you do that 45 degree thing maybe wave your hand like the weatherman in front of what you want to draw attention to here's a pie chart showing how much uh each group is allocated whatever it happens to be but you don't you don't turn around (laughs) it just alienates the audience and you will lose them and the last thing you want to do is lose them there, there is one
1: there is one sort of uh, equivalent thing in virtual as well. It's not necessarily turning your back, but it's actually not looking at the camera, right?
0: Yes, one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> so, you know, we've all got the stand age. We've all got one or two or three monitors that we work uh, on during the day. And we've got a presentation on one. We've got the gallery view, which is all the people attending on the other. But you need to know where your camera is so that you are actually looking at the camera as you're delivering the presentation, so don't look at the gallery view because that's not where the camera is. <laughs> it's effectively you're showing the side of your head basically to your audience, and that's something to be avoided.
0: I agree 100. It I even see this on newscasts, for example, where the presenter is looking off to the side and it, it, it whatever it takes. I, I for years I put a post it note right under my camera says, look here. Yes. And that's what it took. Uh, as we record this, I've got my word document on a monitor behind the camera. So I can look just above the eye line of the camera. I, I do this all the time. If, if, if you watch any of my recorded videos, you will probably see if you look really closely and I try to hide it as best as possible, because I am reading a script in many of these it's just above the camera, but I am looking at the camera. It's not off to the side. I have a I have a call every Sunday with my parents, and God bless them, they're in their mid to late 80s, but they are looking about 45 degrees off because they want to see, you know, their son, happy, Hi. smiling, telling them stories, sharing the news, and and they're not looking at me, but I'll give them a pass. <laughs> okay, we mentioned this before, we and we have to say it again because it cannot be understated, Practice, practice, practice. It's shocking, isn't it? How
1: many presentations we attend where it's obvious that not even the most minimum of practice has been uh, practiced, so to speak. So rehearsing really is is key to making your presentation stick, to having a positive impact. Even the most minimum of practice will make a difference and really should be mandatory before any kind of presentation. You know, minimum practice, mandatory for any kind of presentation. You know, whether whether you practice out loud, whether you practice in front of a mirror, record your practice so that you're aware of some of your mannerisms, which may be distracting, right? So presenting with a group of peers, for example, that might represent your intended audience. Practice receiving and delivering answers, receiving questions and delivering answers. Practice deferring questions that you can't answer, right? So it's all about practice, practice, practice. And we can't say that word enough. And if we had three hours of saying practice, that probably wouldn't be enough. People would ignore us. But it's just so, so important. If If you value the way you are perceived and the way your presentation is going to be perceived, you just need to practice.
0: Uh, the pushback I've heard from this one is, "Oh, I don't want it to sound rehearsed or stiff or pra- uh, practiced." <laughs> and uh, I, I, I submit that if you do it right, it won't sound that way. It will come out as you. It's your words. It's your presentation. I mean, it, quite literally, you, you 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 shouldn 't be reading the speaker notes word for word if you have practiced, you will understand what the meaning and the message is i I still submit that one of my my greatest witnesses to uh this is Dave Wright, our chief innovation officer he was He was practicing for a presentation. I believe it was now at work in twenty eighteen might have been two thousand and nineteen We were doing these all over the country and all over the world. He took a deck of about 60 slides he'd never seen before. He said, Give me a few minutes. In under 10 minutes, he had flipped through every slide got up there and delivered it as if it was his own content. I, I strive to be like that. (laughs) It was, it was inspiring to watch because he did such a masterful job of it, but that was all the practice he needed. He's in a very high position. I, on the other hand, like to practice out loud. I read those words in a scripted situation because sometimes what you write isn't what sounds good. So it, it, it really helps to, uh, like you said, practice in front of a mirror, record. I I still watch my recordings because I think I have mannerisms that are irritating. Uh, can't, I'm not going to get into what I used to do 10, 12 years ago. That drove me absolutely nuts. There was another post-it note on the camera. I'm just going to say it said, don't blink. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And I mentioned reading the, the, the speaker notes word for word. Another cardinal sin: Do not just sit there and read bullets from a slide deck. First of all, it tells me that it's too much text on the screen, and and you could have just given the people the deck. It's like, why are you here if you're just going to read the slides to me? Uh, absolutely, and
1: that's one of the most basic forms of mistake presentation mistakes is just reading the slide. I mean. What's the point? You know, people can read. You're basically uh, telling them they can't read because you're doing it for them. So please don't read from the slides. Please don't do that. You've got a story that you're delivering, right? So you need to take into account your audience and the message you're trying to deliver. You're the messenger, not the slides. You're the one delivering the message verbally. Your slide supports that message. And typically that support is not via a wall of text, it's, you know, you, you might have images, you might have diagrams, et cetera, but you, you don't, you don't have just text.
0: It something could be, it to. could be text that's dressed up a little bit. I'm sure everybody's always seen like the, the top three takeaways from this deck. Yes, it's text, but it's in a, a bullet or a circle or a a, you know, a rectangle. And it might say something like read the release notes okay, or visit the developer site. You put your verbiage around there. There's no way I'm going to get away with a takeaway slide that says, read the release notes and to visit the developer site and log into your PDI. That's, again, there's no point in me even being there for that slide. I should have some story that goes around that. Go get yourself a free PDI at the developer site. Log in. Make sure you take advantage of everything that's there. It's free. You can wipe it. You can make mistakes. You you, you get into your dialogue. You get into that rhythm of what that bullet item is about and... I'm, I I like to dress them up, but don't make every slide, you know, this one's bullets, uh, this one's rectangles, and this one's an org chart, and this one is, it, it, it can get a little visually confusing if everything is different. It's a bit like having every wall in your house painted a different color, texture, and pattern. <laughs>
1: No, indeed. Indeed. I mean, uh, th- to me, the simpler and cleaner the slide, it means that the more focus and attention from your audience is going to be on you and your message. The slides should support that message.
0: Another one that practicing, we mentioned that, and I know we're going to keep going back to that, it, it drives and it's closely related to this one of, of that I like is is lack of confidence and energy. I've Especially if it's not your presentation, practicing allows you to get up there and speak with confidence. And, and I, this may be one of those fake it till you make it, It'll inject your own energy. Listen, people, if there's ever a need for energy, I'm going to true confession right here. We're recording this at 4 a.m. local time. So <laughs> I, I oh, am Chuck. drawing from the inner podcast energy, doing a presentation without energy. You will lose your audience. If you're not passionate about what you're speaking to, how are they supposed to? It just, it, 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 we've all seen it. We've all seen it and, and you've all seen it done well. And a lot of these are probably pretty obvious. You go, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I remember that. Or I won't do that again. Uh, it, it's, it, it seems like common sense, but until somebody points it out, and, and right. honestly, we don't expect you to work on all of these at once. Take one or two of them on your next presentation and see how it goes and work on that and then slowly build that into your your skill set.
1: And then take another one. And that is so key, Chuck. I think that's a very, very, very good advice is just focus on one or two of these items that we've spoken about and not everybody suffers from all of these right but i'm sure there's there's one or two that you might identify as being part in, of your arsenal and and it's, it's good to, to to pick one out and, and and practice until you can see it disappear if it's a problem uh, and and so yeah practice and practice but you know one at a time two at a time as opposed to try and deal with everything that you see is wrong
0: Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. I am Alex Sanganoff, the host of Analytics at ServiceNow podcast series, where we bring you the ins and outs of leading a successful analytics team to run the company, yes, you guessed it, by data. Topics ranging from thought leadership, data and analytics strategy, a real-world perspective into a day in a life of all the analytics roles and all things data. If you want to take your first step into becoming data-driven, I invite you to join the analytics community by visiting servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now so you won't miss a data. That's again, servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now. Okay, Julian, have you ever seen somebody presenting... And an embarrassing message comes up on the screen that they didn't intend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This can be extremely
1: embarrassing. And I mean, really, really. Your medications are ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. So remember you sharing your screen, right? Typically, yeah. And so you, you might not only have the ding dong of messages being delivered, which is distracting enough. Right. You might also have the snippets of message coming up on you know one of the, the top corners of your screen. And even an innocuous message like, I had a good time last night. (laughs) But in fact, that was the start of a very innocent message your daughter sent you, confirming she had uh, enjoyed the night with her friends at the concert, that she didn't really want to go.
0: The viewer doesn't know that. Exactly. Exactly. But,
1: you know, the viewer sees that message and, oh, okay. <laughs> so there may be some explanation you may need to sort of drop into to try and, and get away from or get out of that, that embarrassing situation. But, you know, effectively be prepared. Turn your notifications off, all notifications off. And if that means getting rid of your applications, uh, turning, you know, uh, shutting those down, then please do.
0: Yes, and as I learned this past week from upgrading my Mac to Big Sur, the notifications have moved, Changing, turning them on and off. It's still as easy as doing option click, uh, but you're not option clicking on the same thing. So check the documentation. The first thing I do on every, every Outlook, whether it's Windows or Mac or is turn off what they call Toast. It's that little pop-up that appears in the bottom corner. There is no need for it, people. Email is not that important. If it was, they'd call. <laughs> it's, it's just not. You don't need to know every time a new email arrives. Um, I turn off all alerts on email. And then, of course, I, I love your idea. Have a checklist. I Say, when I when I start a presentation, what should I be turning off? Phone, tablet, tablet. Uh, you know, Put a sign on the door that says, kids, be quiet, or stay out, I'm recording. Or Those are the types of things that are easy to forget in the moment, but when you get up at 4 a.m., it's... <laughs> but
1: even if you have uh, multiple monitors, I mean, it happened to me this morning. I was on a call, and um, I've got several monitors, and I actually was doing presenting... And then I moved or shifted where I was presenting from for for a specific reason. I hadn't turned off notifications, and guess what? At that point in time, that notification came through. And although I was work, I had been working on a monitor where I knew notifications weren't going to turn up. At that point, when I moved to a second monitor, bango, bingo, that was when the notifications came through. Thankfully, not particularly embarrassing, but it's you know, note to self: don't skip things don't skip that
0: checklist it's easy to do especially when you start getting into a routine it's like oops thursday team meeting here we go i know the checklist i know what's on it okay i'm going to pivot a little bit because we talked about live presentations like turning your back to the audience don't do it what about virtual presentations
1: I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting one. I and mean, we've, we've, we've suffered, in inverted commas, of uh, these virtual presentations more over the last 18 months, I guess, than we've ever had in our lives. So many of our presentations today are being delivered virtually that I think a different mindset is needed. It's a different preparation. And you need to acknowledge that presenting live is extremely different to presenting uh, virtually. You know, you, you're not in the room with people, you're in your own room with people in gallery. You know, you see people's heads if they've turned their video on. Um, and and that's the feedback you're getting. So it's it's very different to presenting uh, in front of a, a live audience. So, you know, back to the preparation mantra
0: that we've been we need we need a sound effect like a Mario coin or something at this point. <laughs>
1: if you know that you're going to be presenting virtually and you need to tweak your pres- you you really need to tweak your presentation for that you know for and your own delivery as well so you need to do that to accommodate the fact that you're delivering virtually whether it's your camera your microphone your positioning your background your expressions your energy you know presenting virtually your we talked about energy levels before chuck i think presentation, presenting virtually need, basically means that you need to amp up that energy because the mm-hmm. camera, the microphone, all of that sort of dampens down that energy level or the perception of that energy level. So you need to make sure that you you elevate that a lot uh, to, to, to give that impact, right? So uh, presenting in person and virtually is certainly different than you should be prepared with that end, you know, with the end in mind, prepare with how you're going to present.
0: I'm going to throw another one at you presenting in a hybrid mode where you may have people in a conference room and there's people on zoom or, uh, even more challenging is they just dialed into here. First of all, you know we've all been on these calls. They don't hear what you hear. You hear a room full of people. They hear a room full of echoes and distant voices. So it's harder for them to stay engaged. Be sure to include them in the conversation. Reach out and say, hey, Julian, any thoughts on that last topic we just covered? Keep them in the conversation because it's easy. It's really easy. Keep them in the conversation. Uh, Ask them questions or if they've got questions, sometimes it's hard to hear, like they have to break through the chatter in the room to be heard. Yes. Right. They could be talking and you don't hear them. So make sure you pause the room so that they can ask a question and say, Julian, any questions? I don't know if you you, know, you were on mute when you asked that or not, but what are your thoughts on our project next quarter? Uh, what are your it, and and it just go? No, nope, I'm fine. Just following along with the slides here. Uh, it, that's fine. It, just keep them in the conversation. So many times I remember my early days at ServiceNow. They would do these things, what they call TOIs, transfer of information. Mm -hmm. It was when the developers and product managers would get up there and show their wares that are coming out in the next release. Whether it was Aspen or Berlin, I don't remember. And I was doing this remotely and I'm dialed in and I'm watching, I think it was GoToMeeting at the time. And I always made sure I had one advocate in the room that was on chat with me. Back then, we were using Adium. I don't remember. if We were, and it, it, it was Carleen Carter, <laughs> of all people. She was Carleen right. Greenley at the time, and I would always make sure Carleen would relay my questions or say, "Can you make the font size larger?" Or whatever it was that I needed to be heard, I could always voice through her. If 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 I wasn't able to voice, because sometimes I was just watching this thing passively. I didn't even have a microphone into that room, right. so. Right. Have an advocate at the table really helps. And you type in, hey, Carleen, could you uh, you know, ask? When they get to the Q&A at the end, here's my question. So that's another way to inject yourself if you are the remotee. If you're the presenter, then you want to you know, stop and pause. Hey, do we have any questions online? I think we've exhausted all the ones in the room. Uh, don't forget about those remote people. They are critically important. Yeah. Yeah, these hybrid hybrid presentations are just full of traps. And,
1: and by the way, <laughs> Carleen is a CMA too. I'll just wave that <laughs> no, One of the uh, first, uh, if know, I understand. Yes, exactly. But no, th- those situations are extremely um, difficult to manage because – There's all sorts of things that are happening in the room that you don't necessarily realize that those virtual poor virtual people are not seeing, hearing, um, uh, experiencing. So you might be walking away from the microphone that's on the podium and therefore else can see, can hear you. You might be writing on a whiteboard because that's an effective way of doing something at the time. And hey, guess what?
0: People people on the the phone can't
1: hear (laughs) you. Yeah, there's no camera. That's a good point, too. Uh, yeah, there's uh, yeah. Those hybrid models are, are really, really hard to manage, and and you need to be very prepared for that. And and if you've got a mole in the room, then that's obviously going to be a lot, lot easier to manage because there'll be people saying, "Hey, can you please uh, let the presenter know that we can't hear him, given that he's at the other end of the room drawing on a whiteboard that we can't see."
0: <laughs> so visual that is. Oh, you <laughs> you you hit some nerves on that one. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny to us now, but it's not funny if you're oh, the person trying oh. to, to to digest this information on the receiving end. Uh, speaking of of not funny, <laughs> let's talk about boring powerpoints. What's your definition of a boring PowerPoint? Well, I think we touched
1: on it a little bit before. Is this text right? Walls of text um, or bullet points? It's it it's just not not conducive to receiving the message. So I think there needs to be a huge effort in, invested. And I think it's well a well-investment to, to make your PowerPoints look nice. And by look nice, I mean not text or even a f- cursive font, for example. That's not nice. That's very <laughs> difficult. Comic Sans is right out. <laughs> so, look, I mean, the, the moment you just served up a slide with just text, you, you switch off as an audience member, right? You Well, at least I do. Agreed. Uh, we're all... The press for time. We all need to get to the next thing. And so the last thing I want as an audience participant is to have to work for the presentation. In other words, read it because that's what I'm get being given uh, on, on the screen. So to my earlier point as a, as a presenter, you're delivering the message, not the slide. And the slide needs to support that message. So uh, there, there are far better ways to support the message than by bullet points. So you know, be be aware, you know, graph, pictures, photos makes makes it all much more impactful than just text. And in, in addition, I mean, if you think about it, and I'm sure you've been in this situation, the moment you've got a, a wall of text in front of you and a slide, you as the participant are starting to read it. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you start to read that text? Your ears close and you're not hearing what the presenter is actually saying right presentation perspective you've lost that audience a as they as they start to read and if, if there's a lot of text people need to figure out where do you start reading right you start reading at the top at the bottom so it, it means that you've lost part of your audience because they're trying to see and read and comprehend what's on the slide so text like we said before minimize um, and just make your slides a little bit more interesting emphasizing the point that you're trying to make
0: I got two words. If you want to take away on this one, visual aid, okay, make it visual, not text, make it visual as much as you can do. And it's an aid to help you with your story. It is not the entire story. The only thing you should be writing word for word up there is a quote from Abraham Lincoln or Gandhi or, or, or somebody that's where you need the verbose text, but don't put all your text on there. If you want an interesting challenge, I did this in 2010, 2011, I forgot. Uh, I was talking about career management or something. And I used all pictures. I I may have had one word on each slide, I I don't recall. Uh, But that deck was just there. Those pictures were my visual cue. You know, there's a there's an airplane soaring up into the skies. Hey, take your career higher with with this mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. tip so you can use them as your visual cues. And you know what? The people are now paying attention to you. They go, oh, that's a pretty picture of three planes with smoke trails at an air show. Uh, fortunately, they were all pictures I took so I could use them as liberally right. as I wanted. So it, it's it visual aid really helps. And if you could go to that extreme where it's nothing but a picture. Oh, you've got gold. You've got gold because they are now focused on you and what you're saying and how you're saying it and all that good stuff.
1: That's nirvana. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard to do.
0: It's hard
1: oh, to do. Uh, yeah. oh, not only to, to actually have a, a good impactful slide, but also to be able to uh, present with that slide. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult because you need practice. You can't just come up with those words. Uh, by seeing the, that slide um, off the cuff, it's it's very difficult. I was going to say and mention the, the safe harbor slide that we all learn to laugh out loud every time it comes up. How how many people have actually read that line for line? And how, I mean, it, it, I guess it, it covers us legally, but how many people have actually read that? Oh, please in- don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like getting as creative as I can on the shtick that I do with that. If you If you need a cure for insomnia, here's our safe harbor slide. Indeed, indeed. So you know that, that that's a wall of
1: text right there, and I don't think anybody has actually gone beyond the first two sentences.
0: If you do, you've immediately failed. You're you're blacklisted from the CMA program. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right. One of mine. This is our last one. I promise. We this is a longer episode than usual, but this is this is important stuff. maybe we should have made it a two parter, but too late. Uh, starting and ending times. Oh, I, I I consider myself militant when it comes to time. My wife will tell you that. My kids will tell you that from an early age. The bus will be here in three minutes. It leaves without you. Get out of bed.
1: And it's a, and it's an important mantra. I think it, it establishes some uh, some good rules. And and if you're late, then if if, if uh, your audience is late, then you know that's up to them to to catch up, right. So I think you need to you need to stick to that, and I think that's an important rule to to stick to. So you know, I guess it's it is being courteous and respectful, and it's a rare commodity these days. Um, starting late is as bad as ending late, in my view. Uh, so just don't do it. I think we've we've touched on this point in an earlier episode. If you're impacted by somebody else's bad time management, which is which might be the reason why you are going to start late. But at least catch up, make up the time and don't finish late. You've got a slot to to speak in. Speak in that slot and finish if you can finish early. It does mean that you need to adjust on the fly, but that's something you as a presenter, because you have prepared, right? That you can do you're you're familiar with your deck, you're familiar with the presentation. So try and end
0: on time. Agreed. This is this gets down to respect. Imagine the CEO just walked into your room. You were supposed to have 20 minutes to present your topic, but the person behind you ran 10 minutes over. It is your professional responsibility to get your presentation done in 10 minutes, which again, ties back to practice. You should know your topic well enough to know where you can accelerate. Hey, if the CEO walks in, you better start with the bottom line, you know, flip to the last slide and go, we need a million dollars. That's that's all he wants to hear or she wants to hear. Indeed. And exactly. and get the schedule back on time. It is, it, it it is critical that you understand that if you're running a me- we need to do another episode. I think we just found our next topic. Julian is, is effective meetings, <laughs> but starting on time means being prepared to start on time. You don't bring up your deck. Oh, can you see my screen? Uh, am I sharing yet? Let's wait a couple of minutes for everybody to get here. We'll save that for the next episode. But, uh, Thank you. Thank you so much, Julian, for joining me here today. My pleasure. This Love is, the show. again, passionate about this topic, so much so. Got up at 4 a.m. and <laughs> found the energy. Kudos to you. No caffeine, people. No caffeine. No caffeine. Before we leave, can you let the listener know how they can get in touch with you?
1: Look, I don't have fancy you know, Twitter handles or Instagram pages or anything like that. So Julian.Mills at ServiceNow.com is probably the best and easiest way to get in touch.
0: And we will put a link to the CMA program if you just want to hear it. It's devlink.sn slash CMA. Also includes a new tab for the Certified Technical Architect program. So mm-hmm. might be interested in that as well. Ooh, That was a long one, but again, Ooh. that was fun. That was fun. We will do this more. Stick with us for more of these soft skills as well as the technical information. Thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them on the community. At community.servicenow.com under the resources menu, or you can go to servicenow.com slash podcast. Subscribe to any of them, all of them, pick and choose. There's a master feed, I believe, that's still out there, and they will automatically be delivered to you. Again, thank you so much, Julian, for sharing with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Can avoid making them. Nope, that word wasn't even in there. I've got the pleasure of once again talking to Julian Mills, our expert program senior developer. (laughs) Lips aren't working in the morning. That's a problem. (laughs) Let's pause there for a second. Oh, rats. I need to edit this part.
1: Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it.
0: You know, the tired voice sounds pretty good in the morning.